It's That's Lit with me, Shazzy D. Welcome to another episode of the show. And joining me is a wonderful guest, the founder of Hair Care Line, Ziani Ajua Ajiapoma, joining us today. Ajua, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you for um, having me on your wonderful show. Can you just start off by telling us what led you to start your business? So I vividly remember I was, it was 2004, 2006. I had been to a mission trip with my uh, church. At that time, we went to Fiji. And then following that, we went with a couple of friends to Tonga. And a lot of these trips involved swimming. And I remember just, you know, always being conscious because my hair was relaxed at the time and always feeling conscious about, you know, not getting the hair too wet or, you know, what's all this going to, my hair's just going to revert back to, you know, it's Afro. And it was always part of a lifestyle that I didn't enjoy. And I kept thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I don't want to live like this. You know, I want to be able to just have my own natural hair. Problem is, this is 2006. I know no one who's got their natural hair. No one in my family, no one in my community, no one keeps their natural hair. And in fact, the general narrative is that, oh, Afro hair, no, 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 you cannot leave Afro hair on its own. It cannot be done. So that's the narrative I've had. But I've gotten to this point in my life where I feel really kind of like held back by my straight hair or trying to have straight hair at least. And so I come back from the trip and I'm like, that's it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm going to leave my hair natural. And so I have done no research. I don't know what to do. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm done. I'm fed up. And I also always hated when it was time for the retouching. Finding the right person to do it was difficult. And I wasn't about to do it myself. The thought hadn't occurred to me, you know, with these chemicals, you can do a lot of damage. So I wasn't going to do it at all. So I hope you're ready. This is quite a long story. Um, but essentially, I 2006, I finally had enough, didn't enjoy the lifestyle of having straight hair. I'm like, that's it. We're going to embrace this. We're going to find out what this is going to be like. So I stopped straightening and I had a horrible time. I really did. I remember one um, vivid incident at work. We were, you know, it was tea time. Then this was 2006. It was tea time. We went and we all just chit chatting. And I mentioned a story I had read uh, just in the one of the digital platforms and it was talking about in Brazil, the women were uh, actually avoiding having their hair in ponytails. Turns out all you people that wear Brazilian weaves, <laughs> people are going around cutting their ponytails to sell. So I made this comment, I don't know, with my colleagues at their coffee table and my boss, my then boss says to me, oh, is that why your hair is always in a bun? And I, because at that time I only wore my hair in a bun. And my colleague who is sitting at the table in this big booming voice shouts across the room and said, her hair, who would want her hair? And this is out there in the coffee shop. To me, it sounded like the world stopped. I could hear a pin drop. I was so, I froze. I was so embarrassed. I was so just, it just brought home to me that I did not know what I was doing with my hair. And granted, he could have been a bit more graceful, gracious about what he said. But, you know, at that time, it was true. I didn't know what I was doing with my hair. My hair was dry. I was giving my hair pink oil because this is what we all had at the time. You know, our idea of oil was just, or, or moisture for the hair was oil, which is 
definitely not the case. Especially when you become natural, you realize, hey, you can't just put oils in your hair and roll. It's it's going to tell you I need moisture. This is not working. So it was true that my hair was dry. And I just felt, you can tell, you can really say it was shame that drove me at that point. I was just like, I was frustrated with the products on the market. They were just not meeting the needs. I go anywhere, I go to the smoke market, pick up a conditioner, anything on the market just did not work. And my hair was suffering. It didn't get what it needed. It didn't get what it deserved. So that just that shame along with other incidents that happened to me around just me. Uh, you know, I had really bad experiences actually, but I was committed. I was dedicated to it. So when you ask what made me start my brand, it wasn't business related. It was just me. me I, was, I was like, this is not good enough. You know, I, there has to be a way. I need to be able to keep my hair as it is. I just know the products are not providing what I need. So fast forward to 2016, I came up with my first conditioner, which was purely just me using it. Because at that time, you know, there had been a lot of content online then. People were talking about styling and getting confident, getting comfortable with it. So I played with conditioners and there was a conditioner, you know, like I needed an actual oil. I, I mean, a natural water-based product. I knew that. But we also needed oil. So I had um, a first product where I had the right blend of oils. It was castor oil. I knew my hair loved castor oil. And along with conditioner, a natural bona fide conditioner. And I loved it. My hair was happy. It was nurtured. It was growing. People around me at the time were very excited. They'll be like, everyone I'll meet at the time in my community, in, in where I'll go, they'll be like, oh, your hair is natural. How are you maintaining? Because we're suffering. I'm like... I, I, I bet you're suffering because there's nothing out here doing the right job. And so, you know, there was stuff online, but of course, you know, you would pay for it. And then the shipping cost alone would be like $60. And you wonder how sustainable is this going to be? So with that first conditioner, that was just, you know, you just get really excited when something everyone was telling you, you couldn't be done in terms of your natural hair care. My hair care at this point with the right product was thriving, was doing well. And I was like, Hey, it wouldn't be just me suffering if, uh, you know, if there's nothing out in the market that meets the needs of our hair. So I basically released it in 2015 to people that were on my Facebook. <laughs> and that's how we started. And so at that time, it, the, the recognition, I, I just had this insight that for effort tested hair, it was about moisture. I needed a lot more moisture than any of the products on the market was providing for us. And so, you know, I came up with that then name, which was Moisture Lover Hair, because it was just like, it hit me like this hair loves, loves, loves moisture. And initially, you know, after kind of not giving it what it wants for a while, when you start first giving it the right moisture, it needs it. It asks for a lot. I'm like, wow, it really loves it. It really needs it. So yeah, this, the name then just became clear to me at that point. And so came out in 2015 as Moisture Lover Hair with that one conditioner. And so, yes, we didn't start as a business. We started just knowing something we really needed wasn't around us. We had to create it. And that's how it started. What a beautiful story, you know, something that happened to you, but out of, you know, that kind of pain comes something so beautiful and something that's helping so many other people as well. Can you talk about now your rebrand? It's now called Ziani. Can you tell us a bit more yeah. about the name? Absolutely. So I come home one late evening in Melbourne here. We're in winter, you know, it's dark. I've had a full day's work um, and I come home and my husband and business partner as well, I get home and he's got this letter for me. 
And I, I read the letter and it's basically this company telling us that we cannot trade as Moisture Lover because they have trademarked the name Lover. And I was like, what? You know, we've been trading from 2016, 2015. We're now in 2023 uh, and we're basically getting this message. You know, we've, we've done the background work. It took time to get our, our visibility out here in the Australian market. And we've been told you can't use it. And I was just angry. I was just like, what? You know, what is this? And he's like, well, you know, that's the rules of capitalism. It's the rules in general. They've trademarked a word that happens to be part of your name, which we had no idea of. Because, of course, when we were looking for moisture lava, no one had moisture lava. So we thought we were good. But until we tried to uh, register it and we realized, okay, no we can't actually use that name and it was very it, it was very like a shock to me at first I was like oh are you telling me we're going to come to an end of our journey so unexpectedly but my husband and business partner you know we both said look let's try and take this as an opportunity to revamp why moisture lava had described the nature of the conditioners and the nature of afro textured hair curly hair that I, I had come up with I wasn't in love with the name. And since that tra that time of 2015 to 2023, we had been aware of the kinds of people that interact with us, the imagery, the aspiration, what we want to stand for. And we're like, let's take this time to really uh, go back to the books and think if we can come with a name that better reflects that and also reflects the fact that, you know, I'm from Africa, I'm from Ghana, and it would be nice to use languaging around that. And so we sat down, we looked we went through a whole heap of names over several days. You know, they had given us a month. So we got really serious over a week. We went through several names. There's several languages in Ghana. We went through a few. That sounds kind of melodic that we like, but inevitably we didn't have that name that we wanted until we started, you know, describing, you know, what, what, what do we stand for? What does our brand really stand for? And we're very conscious, you know, like we embrace our beauty, like our Afro textured, our curly textured hair. We embrace the beauty of it. We're not trying to be someone else's version of beautiful. We want to be our version of beautiful, but cared for, uh, nourished and, and maintained. Yes. Yeah, so I personally, you know, and I, I neglected to say this, when my hair started getting the right moisture that it needed, the right environment, the right product. I loved it. I loved, I was so delighted. And I think that's what really came out across with, with the, the journey that I've gone on with business. I thought, man, Afro hair is beautiful. And of course there was so much content coming out, you know, in the um, early 2000s as well on YouTube as well. So I really genuinely think Afro hair is beautiful. It's glorious when it's cared for properly, when it's in its right uh, space, when it's in its right environment, when it's treated properly. And so that was the word beautiful. And so we looked up another um, uh, language in Ghana. It's not the language I speak, but then we came across this word and it's, a, you know, just the writing and the how to pronounce it, Ziani. I was in love and my husband loved it as well, my business partner. And that's it, Ziani. We have taken creative license with the pronunciation of it because we like the melody of it. Uh, people pronounce it slightly different in the Ewe, Ghanaian language, but we just, we both heard it, we loved it, we're like, that's it. And the fact that it meant beautiful as well, because, you know, we didn't know what it meant. <laughs> we just liked the, the sequence, the sounds of it. And then we looked and actually meant be beautiful as well. It's like, it's meant to be. It is meant to so be. So that's it. So we embraced it straight away. We're like, yes, that will be it. Sounds beautiful, means beautiful, let's do it.
I love it. Sounds beautiful and means beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) What do you enjoy the most about having, you know, started your business? Oh, what I enjoyed the most surprising to me was the amazing humans that I would meet on this journey. Um, Being African in the Australian community, I came here when I was just before my teenage years. It's consistently the, the messaging around Africans is always negative in the media and you start internalizing it without even knowing it. So I think in my mind, I didn't realize that there were Africans doing amazing things in Australia because that the only thing you ever see is criminals or something going wrong or gangs or suppose, you know, it's just never positive. But when I came into business, oh my goodness, I was, the, the amount of Africans I met who are creating what didn't exist, who are very community-minded, who are building beautiful organizations, beautiful opportunities. You know, I met um, a particular uh, diasporan who, you know, was running uh, businesses in the city, Melbourne city, clothing business in the city and in in, in the eastern side as well. These beautiful um, fabrics and clothes that he was bringing in and offering to the general Australian community. Um, And also, you know, he turns out he was a writer as well. And he stepped up and actually I became aware of him because he contacted us to want to help us with our business. You know, we didn't know about him unsolicited, you know, this kind of real um, community spirit that he just offered to help us, you know, without, um, wanting any financial kickbacks for it as well, which is really amazing. And, you know, just being aware of, because I'm in this space, I've become aware of so many people that are doing, you know, they, they're sort of looking at, oh, what what doesn't exist for our community? What doesn't, because I, I, I think generally the Australian community hasn't yet, um, you know, they don't make things with the minds of what Africans need, which is great, actually, because there's opportunity for us to step up. And there's so many people stepping up and doing it, you know, meeting people who are uh, authors and writers. Just because I'm in business, you just start becoming aware of these people because they will contact you and and be really excited for you and want to be part of you. And it's just like, wow, this is awesome. I did not know there were Africans like this, you know, in Australia. And, you know, even just meeting you because I'm in business, you know, it's just, it's just great. You get this, these things happen. And that's by far one of the unexpected delights of being in business. I also really much love the journey of people, you know, who are saying, oh, you're giving me the confidence to wear my natural hair. You know, and it's just like initially I didn't believe it because I was just like, really, they're just saying that. But it's been enough times and we've been here long enough to really see that it's making a contribution, it's making an impact as well. And that's awesome. But yeah, I've just really loved meeting people (laughs) through being in business. That's so sweet. And can we just take a moment, just as we've been talking about natural hair, can we just take a moment for your hair today, which looks stunning, by the way, so long. Let's just give it a moment. Just give it a moment. Give it a moment, give it a moment, you know, this the encouragement um, oh, of people means that we're learning to love our hair. So this style is actually inspired. I had been fangirling um, Shinga Shiniwa of the Noisettes like 10 years ago. And somehow she came back on my feed this year. So she always wears these pompadours and I just kind of did a slightly different my hairstyles need to be like five minutes max and it fitted the bill of five minutes max. So I was just like, yeah, I can do this hairstyle. Thank you for the inspiration, Shingai. (laughs) 
gorgeous. Now, looking forward, you know, ahead into the future, mm, what do you have yes. in store for Diani? Oh, we love the idea of lifting the narrative around Africa because it's not true. Like there's the 5% negativity that gets given the airtime. And I became aware while doing this journey that there's a, a wonderful TED Talk, uh, a lady, you know, her name just escapes me right now, but she talked about how much um, money, like dollars spent in communities. And so she talks about like in the Jewish community, like <laughs> I, I I think they, their dollars circulate within their communities for like days. And then, you know, talk about like the Asian community, it does the same thing. You know, they trade with each other. They, they really give their money to each other and keep money within their communities. And then talk about like the general Caucasian communities. And then you come to like Black or African communities and it stays for like six hours because <laughs> we're trading with everybody else but ourselves. And yet we're so vocal that we are not getting opportunities. But if we're not conscious to create that opportunities ourselves within our communities, then if we need to be that example of how it should be done. So if, for instance, I'm not trading with you or people who look like me, it means our communities don't have any money. And unfortunately, money equals power. And so for Ziani, we're very conscious of sourcing our products from Africa. You know, one of our best-selling products is this African black soap. And growing up, it's so sad. I didn't use it. I didn't know about it if I hadn't come into the natural hair space and done research around, you know, what kind of, um, what you know, I knew that normal shampoos just stripped my hair and was horrible. And then I used African black soap, like we made a shampoo out of it. And it's glorious. Like it doesn't strip the hair. It still gives you a really deep clean. And it's just like we're sitting on these gems, you know, and of course, shea butter. Shea butter has been known for so long as an amazing butter for hair care, for skin care. So we use it in the products. But, you know, this whole idea of just using raw products from Africa. And, you know, I hate this narrative of, you know, with Africa, it's always like we're donating to them. We're donating with, to them. We don't want to be doing that. They've got resources. They've got things we can partner with them. We can do businesses because that's sustainable. If someone was giving me a dollar a day, I would starve. <laughs> if, but if someone gives me a job or takes my raw materials and pays good amounts of money and, and you know, value adds and is staying in our community, I love that. And so that's what Ziani is actually really about as we went along that journey of just making sure we're trading our, our inputs, our products are coming from the continent. Um, we get our shea butter from Ghana. We get our African black soap from Ghana. We're also always looking for opportunities to enhance that. We've actually also um, been using, we call it cocoa, but people pronounce it cacao from mm. Samoa met a beautiful lady who makes chocolate but we use their cacao beans so just you know thinking of enhancing value adding these raw materials from communities that don't normally get some of our dollars you know and just being conscious of that so as much as possible that's where we want to go that's so yeah. great supporting you know within the community and not just outside yes because naturally we will we'll do a lot of trade outside but mm. I think being conscious too that if you're not trading inside as well well you're you're not getting, you know, you're not supporting economically your communities. Yeah. Looking back at your years um, doing your business, 
what advice would you give to other business owners who are, you know, starting their own business or have, you know, gone through the same journey of starting it within, you know, maybe their community or in whatever industry that it is in? Oh, I love that question. I have to illustrate it with a story. Okay. So this was the, I was about eight years old. It's a, one of the, my earliest memories. Maybe I was younger. Maybe I was about six, but it's one of the earliest memories that I have. I was watching the Olympics for the first time in color, in Ghana, and it was the swimming segment. And my imagination was so fired up just watching them swimming in this pool, this water. It looked amazing. They were like floating. They were, you know, it's just, it just really ignited my imagination. And I was like, I must have a swimming pool. So I ran outside, grabbed my friends in the community, and we decided to build a swimming pool. We just started digging and we will put water in and it would be muddy and like, oh, what's going on here? It's not as clean as the one on TV. And we just started digging. But needless to say, that project kind of got abandoned because it wasn't working. But it kind of illustrates my attitude and what I've always done is just start. Once you start, you become really energetically aware of where your gaps are and where your where you need to now gather the information. So if you start with every intention of rolling it out, of making it happen, you'll quickly learn what you need, what you're missing, what you lack. Of course, research is great. But at that time, I hadn't, you know, I didn't know that I would need to like measure the dimensions of what I'm actually building. You need to cement it. You need some waterproofing. Even when the water goes in, you then need a source of, you know, chlorine. I didn't know any of that, but I started, you know, and it's just pretty much my philosophy. I feel like just starting and getting going reveals much quickly where you need to focus your attention and you can pretty much get it done in a much faster time. Of course, do the research as much as possible. If you have the time, if you have the space, you definitely it definitely helps. But I think, yeah, starting. What a wonderful way to end our chat today. Adjoa, thank you so much for joining me on the show. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you. Really loved it. Thank you, Shazidi. Thanks for having me.